Hello and welcome to Second Look, the podcast brought to you by Outset, where we pause, reflect, and offer reasoned commentary on politics and culture. Now, today is a very exciting day. We have two more candidates, so five candidates and counting in the race for the GOP nomination. Now, I will go into detail on those two more candidates just after a brief word from our sponsor, Octopod, who is still doing their amazing 50% off offer if you go to octo-pod.com slash outset and use the coupon code OUTSET, you can get 50% off for a limited time. Now, two candidates, as I mentioned a moment ago, entered the race early this week. We had Ben Carson and Carly Fiorina jump in. And I like these two candidates for several reasons, Uh, the biggest one of which is that they're not professional politicians. Um, I think Carly Fiorina has it absolutely right when she says the founders intended that citizens would rise up and lead and then step back and let others take their turn, and they didn't intend for a professional political class. Or at the very least, they certainly didn't expect to see the same names all the time. Um, It's very clear in founding documents that it was expected that every American would care about the direction of the country. And if every American did truly care about the direction of the country, we'd see a lot more passionate people involved in politics, I think. Ben Carson has an interesting uh, take on his candidacy. In his announcement today, he declared, I am not a politician, (laughs) as he seeks the highest political office in the country. But I do appreciate Dr. Carson. He has achieved a lot in life. He has one of the most incredible rags-to-riches stories. I mean, he was raised by a mother who couldn't even read, but she knew that reading was powerful, so she taught all her children to read. And that love for reading um, really helped... Ben Carson, as he was growing up, and would go on to become a world-renowned neurosurgeon. And that's just incredible to me that from such humble beginnings, um, he can be the best in his career field, and not only that, but be considered a serious contender for the presidency of the United States. I don't agree with him on everything, but I don't agree with any of the candidates on everything. I don't agree with my wife on everything. And I I don't know yet if I could support Ben Carson in an election, but it remains to be seen. It's very early days yet, and I'm happy to see him enter the race, especially since so much of this election is going to be focused on the Affordable Care Act and how we're going to replace it or repeal it and not replace it or what. The, the health care system in America 
has long been broken, and the Affordable Care Act only made it worse. Sure, it made a few statistics better. There are more people who have health insurance now than had health insurance before passage of the ACA. But, by the same token, health insurance plans have gotten worse. Um, Healthcare costs for some people have gone down, for others they've skyrocketed. And we've forced a lot of people to buy healthcare from the government, or to go on Medicaid, or... Um, and it it's, wasn't a good solution. It was a solution, but it wasn't the right one. It's like one of those multiple choice exams where it says circle the best solution. <laughs> this one certainly wasn't the best. And there are severe constitutional problems with it too, but this ep- episode is not about Obamacare. I am happy to have Dr. Carson up there on the stage talking about health care issues because he's worked in the system and he knows the system and people who have worked in the system tend to have pretty good ideas of how to fix the system when it's broken. And so at the very, very least, I'm really, really happy he's going to be on that debate stage, um, given a microphone in the media to talk about some of the real issues with Obamacare and to talk about how we can move forward and actually improve America's healthcare system. Overall, I don't really think that Dr. Carson is all that viable of a candidate to win the presidency, and one of his biggest obstacles, I feel, is going to be the media. He, so far, has not done a good job of handling the media. He's an excellent storyteller. I love to listen to him speak, but he's said things in interviews and in in this soundbite culture, you can't just allow the media to control your narrative. You have to be able to stand up and um, say what you mean to say and say it in such a way that they can't twist it and take it out of context. This is going to be a real challenge for all of the candidates this election with things like Twitter and um, Snapchat and all this stuff playing a big deal. Our news cycle is getting smaller and smaller and the way that Americans consume news and in 2000 it would have been from a newspaper article. Well, now it might be from a six-second video on Vine. And you've got to be really careful about what you say with the media. And so far, Ben Carson has not demonstrated that he can handle this rough media environment. And so that concerns me a bit. And he's also said some things about um, the Second Amendment that are kind of confusing. He has kind of conflicted with himself on that, so I look forward to hearing him straighten out exactly what he feels is the right characterization of his views on the Second Amendment. A lot of conservatives have expressed these same concerns I just mentioned and said that because of that, he shouldn't even enter the race, and I couldn't disagree more. I think the moment we start 
telling people, oh, you shouldn't, you shouldn't be allowed on this. That's bad. We want people to be able to come forward and express their ideas. We want that citizen government. We want any concerned citizen to be able to be heard, to have a say. This is government of the people, by the people, for the people. It, if we start telling people, oh, you're not credible, you're not serious, you can't even win, so just go home, well, that's not fair, because it's not all about winning. It's about a free exchange of ideas, a free people, a government that protects liberty. So I'm giving a cautionary word to anyone who would try to keep him off the stage just because they don't think he can win. It's less about the party's image and more about the country's future. And if someone has good ideas, those ideas should be heard. Now, I am not in any way, shape, or form a fan of Donald Trump. I do not in any way, shape, or form feel that Donald Trump would make a good president. I cannot overstate how little I want Donald Trump to get any attention in this election. I think the man's Twitter account shows that he's not fit to be president of the United States. And certainly his history of bankruptcy is alarming. But all that said, he is a United States citizen over the age of 35, and he has the right to throw his hat in the ring if he wants to. And if he has ideas, well, let's listen to him. Now, hopefully we then won't vote for him and won't give him any credence, but that's another story. If the Republican Party is going to be the party of liberty, we need to celebrate all of our candidates, and that includes Ben Carson. As I mentioned earlier, today's episode is sponsored by our wonderful, amazing, loyal, awesome, cool sponsor, Octopod Mobile Charging Solutions, where if you buy stuff from them, you never have to worry about your devices dying again. That is, of course, as long as you remember to charge your battery backup. But once your battery backup's charged... You're good to go, and it'll last you forever. Octo-pod.com slash outset. With the coupon code OUTSET, you can get 50% off for a limited time. Of the two candidates who just entered the race, I am more excited about Carly Fiorina. Um, I really like Carly. I like the way she talks. Um, I... I'm sure this will come up a lot over the next months, but I kind of think of her as a version of what Sarah Palin could have been if she hadn't been caricatured as this, um, I don't know, backwoodsy soccer mom, pit bull. I, I don't even know how I would describe the caricature of Sarah Palin, but, um... Carly doesn't hold the same position Sarah Palin holds, but she's very articulate. She uh, is polished, having been a CEO who was ousted by a company. She's experienced with 
dealing with media criticism and still being able to get up the next day and do what she needs to do. And that actually is one of the things I like the best. When HP merged with Compaq, I was young, but I was a tech-obsessed kid. So I knew about HP, and I knew about Compaq, and um, eventually I found out that they had merged and become one company. Well, later on in life, I... um, started to get into business a little bit, even considered majoring in a variety of business degrees coming to college. And I learned about the HP Compaq merger and how controversial it was. And um, Carly Fiorina had to put up with a lot of negative feedback on this. People were calling her names, like well-reputed publications were severely criticizing her for her leadership role in the merger. And then when she was ousted from HP a few years later, a lot of people just kind of hung the whole thing around her neck. Um, I'm not gonna be the judge on whether or not she was a good CEO, but even if she was a bad CEO... I'm sure she learned a lot from that experience and would have a lot of ideas how to fix it. I don't know about you, but if I get in trouble for something, like say at work I get in trouble for something, it inspires me to look into myself and see what I did wrong and see how I can fix it and do better the next time. And I'd imagine that being the CEO of one of the biggest companies in the world and being fired publicly in a somewhat humiliating fashion would inspire a whole lot more introspection and what did I do wrong, how can I fix this, than just getting a little reprimand from a boss at work. So this, a lot of times people use the description battle-tested to describe their conservative candidates. I don't know why we use the war analogy, but battle-tested, being able to come out of a conflict, staying true to the principles you believe in. A lot of people hold up Scott Walker as this... um, cycles battle-tested conservative candidate because he's won three elections. But I feel like Carly Fiorina, her political conservatism hasn't necessarily been battle-tested, but she has. And she still, to this day, runs saying that her record at HP was a success. She's proud of what she accomplished there, even in the face of seemingly endless criticism. And for that, I have a lot of respect for her. I, it's hard to take criticism. It's even harder to take criticism when it's lobbed at you in volumes and when everyone assumes that their position is right and there can be no deviating from it. And the fact that she can just take all that in the face and say, hey, look, this is who I am, you can like it or move on. I I think that's great. I am a little wary of both Carson and Fiorina on foreign policy. 
Um, Carly says that she's had foreign policy experience because she sat and negotiated with world leaders and talked about their desires for the future of their country. And I think that's excellent. But I think that the last two administrations especially, but a lot of administrations over the last hundred years, have made terrible, terrible foreign policy mistakes. And I think we live with the repercussions of those every single day. Uh, There's a lot of truth to people who say that ISIS has its roots in fallout from World War I. You know, we never know what actions we take today are going to be affecting people a hundred years from now, two hundred years from now, or even just two years from now. And so in foreign policy especially, it's important to be specifically um, methodical and prudent and not rash to generalize things or to jump to conclusions. Um, I appreciate that most of the 2016 candidates have seemed reluctant to go to war, especially for uh, situations like what we did with Saddam Hussein in Iraq. I think we can all recognize that there were huge, huge, huge missteps in the process that led up to us going to war. I don't understand... Carly's foreign policy yet. But again, it's very early days. I'm looking forward to her revealing more specifics on that. For her to earn me as a supporter, she's going to have to present a much less interventionist foreign policy than the likes of, say, Marco Rubio. And as for Ben Carson, he's going to have to demonstrate that he is competent enough and well-versed enough in geopolitics to be a credible leader. I I don't feel personally that the world yearns for America to lead by intervention. I feel that leading by example is a much more important role. As Ronald Reagan said in his great speech, America is a city on a hill. Now, a city on a hill doesn't go and intervene in the conflicts all around it. A city on a hill stands, it takes care of itself, it shines its light to the world for the world to emulate as it chooses. So this goes for all the 2016 candidates, but especially for Fiorina and Carson, since they are less known in the political world. They need to demonstrate that they will have the ability to lead America competently on the foreign stage without coming across as a coward and without coming across as a bully. And that's going to be a challenge, so... I will be interested to hear the foreign policy plans of both of them and see how they plan to deal with the challenges presented by the current geopolitical state of the world, which frankly is a mess. Another thing that really excites me about Carly is her um, experience in the tech world. This is a very 
technological century, and as she so often likes to say it, uh, we have to compete for every job. And having been a CEO in Silicon Valley, I don't think we need to cater to them. That's cronyism, which isn't good. But she will know the policies that can allow those businesses to flourish on their own without colluding with the government. And I think putting someone in the White House who had that experience, I I think it makes a big difference as far as the candidates are concerned. That should be something that really sets her apart. Overall, with both of these candidates, I'd like to see Ben Carson sticking in a medical role somehow, whether that's Secretary of Health and Human Services or Surgeon General. He is a doctor. He is a brilliant doctor, and I love a lot of what he stands for, but I'd prefer to see him in some role like that as opposed to president. And Carly, if if she's the nominee, I'm almost certain at this point that I'd vote for her unless I find something egregious that I disagree with her on. But really, I'd like to see her in the vice presidency. I think she's a great, articulate woman, and her relationships with world leaders would make being able to travel and relate with these world leaders simple. And if the vice president were ever involved in negotiations, she has some experience there. But then at the same time, she would be getting political experience for people who say she doesn't have enough political experience. She would be getting it. If something were to happen to the president, she would have gotten enough political experience, I'm sure, to be able to execute that office well. So, my dream ticket, as it stands right now, way, way, way too early for anyone to be worried about this or making predictions like this, but hey, I'm going to do it anyway. My dream ticket right now is Rand Paul Carly Fiorina. I think they'd make a great pair, and everyone should just do what I have to say, because obviously I know what I'm talking about, right? Hey, that's all we have for today, but I want to thank you for tuning in. I know it was a little shorter than normal, but we'll still be back next week at the usual time. In between now and then, you can follow me on Twitter at BGreenAZ. And make sure to give Stephen Perkins a follow at Stephen with a PH underscore Perkins. Now, I did not talk about the Garland shooting today because if you go over to OutsetMagazine.com, Stephen was actually there. So he has way more knowledge about that. And I don't know if he's going to or not, but you're probably going to want to check out his podcast episode later this week, because I bet you he'll probably at least mention it, and he has a piece up on OutsetMagazine.com detailing his take on the events as they unfolded. Also, of course, make sure to follow at Outset Magazine, and subscribe to us in iTunes, and make sure to rate us in iTunes. It gives us great exposure that way. So, thanks for tuning in today. I hope you have a great week.